York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. Yep, yep, yep. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time Show here giving you that Knicks talk just in the nick of time. And it's time to talk about the Knicks loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. The Knicks lose to the Grizzlies 120 to 108. And it was a pretty, it was a pretty, it was one of those moral victories where the Knicks kind of hung in there. We had a lot of good performances. We had RJ with 23 points. We had Julius Randle with near triple-double. We had Mitchell Robinson, who was giving you stuff on the offensive end. We had Evan Fournier, who was looking like the guy we wanted to sign. But all in all, the Knicks fall short and lose to a team who is, who is destined just to be running through this NBA. This young Grizzlies team is no joke. And we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly with you guys. Um, before we even get into the details of the game, you already know what it is, man. I'm going to introduce my guy, right? The man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G's in the building. What's up? What's up? What's going on? What's going on? And also, we got my man. We got a guest today. Uh, my man, Benji. Uh, he, he, he does for stuff for the Pod Strickland. He's a really great video guy as well. So you definitely a really good follower on Twitter. A definite must follow on Twitter. So please visit my guy, Benji. Benji, any, any other accolades you want me to shout out before we even start this game? Right, start breaking down this game. No, I don't have any accolades. I just do. Uh, I do what I can to uh, to talk Knicks and try to try to teach people about about the game a little bit. But uh, I appreciate you having me on, as always, my man. It's good to see you. Uh, good to see you, man. He was on last season. If he was, he was on last season. It was a pretty good episode, even though we lost. You know, people don't like to watch the losses that much. But it was still a pretty good uh, breakdown and a nice talk with Benji. All right. So we're we're gonna get into it. We're definitely gonna get into it. And I'm gonna rock it off with you, Benji, because um. You know what? The Knicks have been going through ups and downs this season. I feel like we've been uh, trying to find our defensive identity all season. And the first quarter, it seems like, once again, we fought on the offensive end, but we were kind of losing on the defensive end. It seemed like we were giving up a lot of threes. And we got off to a little bit slow start. Can you tell me what, what do you think you saw and why do you think – that was that we wasn't really uh playing to the way we supposed to play on the defensive end of the ball when it came to that first quarter and just the the barrage of threes that were just hitting us (laughs) yeah the two things that uh that memphis does extremely well is they get offensive rebounds uh they're the best offensive rebounding team in the nba Mm -hmm. and they're the best either the best or second best transition offense team in the nba um and i thought Overall, the Knicks' half-court defense was good. Um, but even when they got stops, you got those big offensive boards and then kickouts for wide-open threes. Those are the ones that kill you. And then in transition, I thought, you know, you turn the ball over, they're gone. They're so fast. Yeah. Obviously, leads that, leads that transition break, and, and it's easy to get open threes. And, and the Knicks haven't been very good in transition on defense all year. They just don't communicate well. They don't find the shooters well. Um, so I, yeah, I thought, honestly, I thought the half in the half court, they did a really good job. They yeah. held jaw down. They held Bain down. Um, they got a great, you know, Williams had a great shooting night. He's not a great shooter. It happens. Like he just had a great night, but, um, <laughs> I just think the, the offensive boards and the transition opportunities is what is, it's what Memphis does well. And it's what hurt. 
Yeah, man. Uh, they had uh 16 fast break points at the half, but credit the Knicks because the Knicks made adjustments in that second half, and they didn't really get off on the break in the second half. I believe all the, the 16 fast break points all had to do with the first half. And um, but you know the second chance points are probably also what killed us, and that has to do with the uh the, this team being like you said earlier the number one offensive rebounding team in the league. Ryan, what did you see in the first quarter or in the first half that you feel like kind of led the, the Knicks astray? Um, well, I think Benji said most of it. Um, it was basically, you know, second chance points, you know, a lot of offensive rebounds, which led to open threes that killed the Knicks. Also, I felt that the Grizzlies also brought down the Knicks defense at times too, which, and then the Knicks were caught scrambling and the Knicks left a lot of open threes. And that's where the Grizzlies were able to kill the Knicks. Um, overall, though, you know, I I like the Knicks' energy throughout the game. I thought they played with really good energy. You know, they were they were really up for it. Yeah. You know, Julius Randle looked you know Julius Randle looked like his old self tonight. Mitchell Robinson was a beast, blocking shots, grabbing offensive boards, finishing at the rim. R.J. Barrett played good. Fournier showing why we're paying him seventeen, eighteen million a year. Man. So, so overall, I can't really complain about the Knicks' effort. I thought the Knicks had really good effort tonight. It was just. Grizzlies are a better team. Yeah, man, this is this this Fournier, this version of Fournier is kind of making the front office seem like, hey, we didn't make such a bad choice to begin with. You see, like he shot forty five percent from three in in January. I think it's averaging like fifteen points. Shot forty five percent from three in January, and I, I believe forty six percent from the field. He's being super efficient. Um, his defense has actually gotten better as the years going along. Maybe it's him adjusting to Tom's system, or him just you know. Or him just being motivated by us losing all the time, but Evan, man, he, he's he's become he's silently becoming our most reliable three point shooter over the last month or so. Uh, do you guys agree with me? Yeah, yeah I mean, he's been, I mean, he, he was one of the best shooters in the league in January, straight up. Um, and I think he he got off to a little bit of a tough start. Uh, I know Knicks fans were on him a little bit, but. In the end, I think you're basically getting what you paid for here and what you should have expected. Like he's he's basically now around where his numbers have been in his career. Um, we're talking about like a pretty deadly three point shooter. He can shoot it on the move. He's got a quick release. Uh, he can shoot it off the dribble. Like he's a really really top tier shooter. You're gonna get some of the you know he's not the strongest on the ball. He'll turn the ball over. He's not his strongest defender. He's he's usually in the right spots, but like you know we just. Like that last loose ball that kind of put it away, where it's like he's jumping yeah. for it, but he just, he just doesn't have like the athleticism, the strength to just grab that damn ball. Like that's the frustrating part about Evan Fournier. But I, the Knicks should have known that. Like that's who he's always been. Um, so it's kind. Of, I think you know I, I get why he's a frustrating player, but I, I think overall you look at the contract, you look at the player, you look at the production. It's basically what you should expect, and I you know you got to be pretty happy with that. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like look. I kind of feel like if you're looking at his production now, you know, the contract isn't looking so bad now. Like, it was looking like it was looking pretty bad in December. The front office, what are you doing? You're looking at his production now. He's giving you 30 point games a few times, he's giving you a few 20 point games. He's actually starting to buy in defensively. Um, when we shoot, when you need threes, he's hitting them. He's reliable. It's not, it's not looking bad now on the, on the contract side. For these Knicks, whether whether you're on Team Fournier, you want to keep them, or Team Fournier, you want to trade them for, to to make room for Cam Reddish in those guys. Like I feel like if we decide to move him, 
I don't think it's going to be a tough sale. I don't think I don't think it's going to be a tough sale by deadline, especially the January and coming into February that he's having. Um, but interestingly enough, in contrast, Kemba Walker was looking like <laughs> Superman for a week in December. This week or this month or so since his return, he's kind of looking like Clark Kent again. And I, I <laughs> I've seen some think pieces floating around Twitter. I feel like Benji is is kind of um is kind of a uh, versed in this subject as well. Like, what do you what do you feel like is Kemba Walker's problem January versus December? Yeah, I think look, a lot of it is just the guy. He's just not a healthy basketball player. Like you just can see on some nights he just doesn't have any spring. He doesn't have any burst. Um, you know, he's got arthritic knees. Like, it's a real thing. He's just not able to bring it every night. And there are probably weeks at a time where he's not feeling great. Um, and that's just kind of the reality. And then to compound that, I, you know, they don't, the Knicks don't run a ton of high screen and roll with him. Yeah. And that's really where his value stems from. Like, that's what he's always been his whole career is a high pick and roll player. Facts. And they have him mostly kind of playing like a ball control style where he brings it up. He gives it to Julius to run a triple handoff. Like, there's not a ton of, drag screens or, or, or high screen and roll for him. And like if Kemba Walker is not doing a lot uh, of ball handling and creation, then what's his value? You know, he's not going to be an impactful defensive player. It's not going to rebound for you. Um, so if that there's just not like, I, I, it's not all Kemba's fault. It's just no. like, I don't really know if there's a place the way they play. And in that starting lineup, the way it's constructed, like I just don't really know if it makes sense for him to be out there and then for him to play as long as he did in the third quarter when it was like so clear that he had nothing. Yeah. Like where is the substitution here? He was out there until I think two thirty left in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, that was just way too long. So yeah, it's unfortunate because I like Kemba. I think he's still got what to give. I think he's probably a bench guard at this point in his career, but like, it's probably not with the Knicks and it's probably time to move on. I was kind of when RJ was going through his stretch where he was getting a lot of ball and he was getting a lot of picks and going downhill with the, with the pistol action going downhill. I was kind of worried about finding that balance between RJ getting off and Kimba getting off and Fournier getting off. Um, but it, so like now you're starting to see RJ is still getting those same touches for stretches. Especially, I, I like when he's rocking with the second unit. I'll get to that later. But it seems like now that RJ is getting more touches, Kimba is getting less, and he's kind of being kind of been relegated to almost like the old RJ role where he's kind of just a spot-up shooter. And I'm not sure if that's... It's not him. That's yeah. not him, right? Like, it's never been him. He's he's a he's a playmaker. He's, he's got to be on the ball. He's got to be shifting. He's got to be moving, changing pace. Like, right. all the stuff that Kevin Walker does. And it was made him such an exciting player for so many years. Exactly. Uh, and I think it's a combination of he doesn't have that every night anymore, and it, he's not being used that way. So, you know, it's, I just... For for all parties, I just think it's time to to try to find him another situation where he can he can do his thing off the bench and try to spark plug a team a little bit. Yeah, I agree with you there. And and Ryan, man, like okay, Ryan. So I know we, we saw that we saw that Kemba was 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 off, right? Um, did you notice yeah. anything about the minutes in the first half, Ryan, between Kemba Walker and uh, Emmanuel quickly? I, I noticed yeah. something. I definitely noticed something. Did you notice yeah, something? Kim, yeah, Kemba only played six minutes in the first half. Yeah. He played the six minutes, first six minutes of the game, then he was substituted for Burks. And then from that time on, 
when quickly came into the game, quickly ran point guard pretty much for the rest of the half. And and this is what I believe, because this is a guy where his substitution patterns, we we know it's it's stagnant. Like the you know, guys play certain minutes, especially Kemba, because like I've been preaching on Twitter. Kemba comes out of the game around the five minute mark. Yep. Every first quarter on and third quarter and Burks comes in. He usually does not play past that. So I think the fact that Dibbs took him out early and had quickly pretty much run point throughout the rest of the first half, I feel like Dibbs was trying to, you know, give Kemba back his minutes that he missed in the first half. And I think that's exactly. why he played Kemba for so long in the third quarter before subbing him out. I even agree. though Kemba was basically doing nothing in the game. I agree. I agree. I felt like it was like some makeup minutes. It was kind of like, all right, I sat you. We'll see what you got. He shoots a three, clanks it, gets the rebound, shoots an air ball. <laughs> then he's yeah. dead. <laughs> free throw, a free throw jumper, air ball that it, it was like two feet short. It was like, yeah. what is that? Yeah, that was that was the, that was one of the bros of the day, and it was a, it was a lot of bros today. today. But that was one of the bros today. And 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 then he just looked gassed defensively too. I, I kind of feel like maybe Tibbs was kind of looking at Kemba for a reason why um the three point shooting went off for in that first quarter because you know uh I think it was Milton Milton was going off from three. I, I don't I don't know exactly what was happening exactly, but every time I looked he was wide open for three, and I was thinking, well, does Tibbs feel like Kemba is the reason why, and maybe that's why he sat for such a long stretch. Well, I will, I, I, I will say that the way the Knicks started the game was they had RJ on Morant and they had um, Kemba on Z- uh, Zary Williams. And Williams mm. had a career night. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. I don't know what you take from that, but that's just the way it went. Once, um, once again, <laughs> some random whose man's is this has a career night <laughs> in the Knicks. Another career night for a rando. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Oh, was, I mean, it was such a weird game because their two best offensive players were, were pretty bad. I mean, Morant and, and Bain both had t- – I mean, Bain had a ridiculously terrible game. Morant absolutely. had a very poor game for his standards. And between Williams and Jackson and, and uh, Milton off the bench, they just got enough out of those guys who had good nights where they made up for it and the offensive rebounds, obviously, as we've already talked about. Yeah, I agree with you. But he, I kind of liked it because, you know, the, the – We've been clamoring. Okay, there's been like a Twitter, not even Twitter, Twitter, YouTube. This has been a war about Quickly's value in general. And like, mm. is he a point guard? Is he not a point guard? Um, mm. I made a I made a video last year. <laughs> it was it was like after three preseason games. After I saw Dennis Smith Jr. play and Frank, I was like, we gotta start Quickly a point guard, like. <laughs> I mean, that last year. <laughs> like because and today um I feel like the coach is starting to go that right that, that direction right now and it's interesting because I know I, I remember Derek Rose talking about making adjustments about a week uh, last week or a few days ago and I'm wondering if coach is starting to do that because I saw a few things today that I haven't really seen that much of. One of them was quickly playing a lot more point guard at the end. And the other one was, there was a unit out there that I really liked in Miami. It was the unit that pushed the lead, that was cutting into the lead in Miami. It was uh, it was IQ, RJ, 
RQRJ Grimes, Mitch Obi. Like, we saw that unit ha- run today for an extended amount of time. That's more time than I ever seen them run. And it, and after the Knicks went down by, I think, 20, that lead, that unit kind of cut into the lead a little bit. And I felt like even though quickly and RJ and those guys, they, was, they wasn't really scoring, I felt like they were creating open shots for each other. So I, I still want to see more of that. I still feel like that that's a unit that can run together. Like, am I crazy for that? I don't know. What do you think, Benji? No, I like it. I like the unit. Um, I, you know, I, I try not to get too involved in the is IQ a point guard conversation because I think he's a ball player and I think uh, it's less important than the fact that he's a really good draft pick and is going to be a good player. But, um, I, I, you know, I, I do think you can like quickly and think he's going to be really good and also recognize that he's not shot the ball well at all this season. No. <laughs> and, like, it's a big – like, he's, 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 a, he's a helpful player. He's a good defender. He's learning how to playmake. He's getting better at that. I think he's made real strides as a playmaker. But, like, his primary value as a basketball player is still going to be shooting. And right. if he's not shooting the ball, um, there's just a bit of a limited player there. Like, I, 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 I want to see him play because I think it's important to develop him. And I like letting him run these point minutes. I think they're valuable for his growth. Yeah. But like, that's not the same thing as saying like, he's already a really good NBA point guard. I don't think that's the case, especially if he's not making shots at a high clip. And right now, you know, he had that little flurry in the, in the fourth quarter where he, yeah. where he and he, he loves those shots that, that, that uh, force timeouts. He's so good. He makes those shots all the time where it forces the coach to call a timeout. But uh, you know, he's got to make more shots. I think he's three for 11 again tonight. Um, he's under 40% for the year from the field. Uh, that's got to pick up, right? Yeah. It's got to pick up. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, it's one of those seasons where I feel like he's learning. He's, he's taking a step up in some playmaking, but it's still a little bit too erratic, but the shot isn't going in right now. Ryan, any thoughts on quickly's game tonight? Yeah. Um, I think, especially in the fourth quarter, when you watch quickly's game, I think the way he played in the fourth quarter is part of the reason as to why, you know, Knicks fans and Knicks media are like, if they can get a point guard in a trade, they would go for it. Because right now, quickly isn't too convincing as a point guard. Like, you know, like Benji said, there are areas where, you know, like playmaking and things like that, where he has improved and he's better than he was last season. But like, say, for example, in this game, after he went on that little flurry and scored seven straight points to get the Knicks back within five, the next two possessions, he turns the ball over, and then Grizzlies pushed the lead back up to ten. Yeah, and he was playing, and he was playing out of control. So there's a lot of good about quickly. You know, when he's shooting well and he's on, he could be a very effective player. But he hasn't really gotten a grasp of the point guard position as of yet. And I think right now you can pretty much say he's like a combo guard. Like you can put him in a point guard position at spurts, but you know, like Benji said, his value is his shooting ability. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, at the moment, you know, quickly, you know, he has his ups, he has his downs. But I think overall, I think today, you know, he played well, except for, like, the few times where he was out of control. Yeah, I just I just feel like he needs to shoot well. Like, I always feel like he's the guy who, um, who, who pushes the pace. He's the guy who actually gives – he creates open shots for Julius more than anybody. 
I mean, I guess Evan, I think Evan's starting to do that now as well. Now that Evan's starting to shoot well, start, I'm feeling like Evan's starting to do that more consistently as well. But he has to shoot well, like you guys said. And that's apparent that we, we need shooting desperately. <laughs> we need it. We, we really need it. And he overperformed on the shooting area last season. Now he's now I feel like now that we expect it, he's not doing it this season. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and the one and the one thing I'll add to that, and I, I agree with both of you, is is like I there's a there's a bit of a trade off, I think. I, he's learning how to play point and he's trying to get other people involved and that the that indecision of like do I you know, like when he's playing off of Rose, it's like Rose will set things up, he'll he'll make sure the offense is flowing and if I got a shot I'm gonna take it. And there's no there's no doubt about it. Right. And now when you're thinking a little bit more about the whole how the whole offense is functioning and who's getting their touches and that changes the calculus a little bit when you're coming down the floor and it's not as simple. The game's more complicated for him this year. So I, I do think those two things are related. Like I think the growth as a playmaker, the the lumps he's taken as a, as a primary ball handler, I think the shooting is related to that. And, and mm. I think, I think long-term, this is a really healthy year for him figuring it out. That, that's a good point. That's a good point. Cause people will say we, we don't develop our young guys. I mean, they have a trade. They do have a case when it comes to some like old guys like Obi. But you know, there's guys over here like Mitch, who's getting plenty of minutes. And we, man, I'm a, I'm gonna wait to talk to Mitch. Do we have anybody in the queue? Do we have anybody in the queue, Fritz? If you want to talk to us, you already know what to do. You dial that number three one nine five two seven six two four one if you want to talk Knicks basketball and uh, this Knicks game. But um, we've had some guys who've done some things. We, like Mitch is Mitch has had a great game, man. Like he was developing too. Grimes is is you know developing as well. I would still like to see you know Obi get more minutes, but there's some other guys who's kind of showed some growth here. So I, I kind of disagree with the we don't develop our guys. Um, sentiment like I I do agree. I would like to see more from Tibbs in certain situations, and you know have ride those young guys out when we're when we're when they're going. But I do feel like you know they there's certain people here who's gotten some minutes. I just I just need Obi to get some more, but um, we got Reaper on the phone. All right, cool. I still I still want to talk about um Mitch. Um, I'm pretty sure Reaper is going to talk about because Mitch, man, Mitch is Mitch is number f- what number pass pass on Marcus Kemi for a top five shot blocker on these Knicks, and he had almost a career high, almost had his career high eight blocks today. He's a beast on rebounds. He's falling a lot less, so I don't know if he's he's not skipping leg day anymore, but he's <laughs> falling a lot less, and he's dunking the ball a lot more in offense rebounds. So shout out to Mitch, man. Mitch wants his paper, man. He's trying to get his check. He's trying to make sure we lay it up. Don't forget me. Y'all talking about uh, Miles Turner and Mo Bamba. Like, I can still do some things, so Mitch is really going after his today. But <laughs> for real. <laughs> but, um... Shout out to Reaper, man. Reaper, let us know what you want to talk about, sir. Hey, what's up, guys? Good evening. Good evening. Uh, good evening, guys. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you know, it was a loss. And it's kind of one of, those, one of those weird games. There are some good things to take out of the game, but you kind of have to be careful, too, because it's like it's not like they, they let the game get really within five points. So sometimes you wonder if they just kind of like, they just couldn't really put their foot on our throats. If, you know, so it was like one of those weird games. But there were a lot of good – well, there's not a ton of good things. But I like, you know, basically, obviously, like we were saying, the way Mitchell Robinson played. I mean, he was uh, really decent on the boards. But um, like you guys said, we lost this game because of the turnovers and the second-chance points. Uh, some of the – you know, like um, 
like basically with the with them um you know getting offensive rebounds a lot a lot of it led to like you know threes and stuff like that so that was unfortunate and um uh, the one thing i know um uh, i can't remember the uh, the commentator's name <laughs> he's like one of the all-time greats for the Knicks, and i can't remember my green but anyway no, not my Wolf Clyde Brazier? Uh, Wolf Clyde, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, okay. Oh, <laughs> it happens to me, man. I forgive you. Yeah, it, happens, it happens to me all the time on the show. Yeah, that is pretty much blasphemous, right? But, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but yeah, he kept saying, like, you know, he kept uh, saying, like, most of the games, like, why are they playing up on, uh, on um, you know, yeah. on listening so much? On, uh, John Moran. He was right. right. It's like they – yeah, John Moran, they kept playing they kept playing up on him way too much. His jump shot is not that great. And they keep basically I think even they were were they going over the screen instead of going under? Yeah, I didn't get it. Yeah. I don't remember. So I didn't understand what they were doing there, what the game plan was. It just felt like either they weren't prepared, were they coached that way? But yeah, Walt Clyde kept yelling it like over and over again. Walt Clyde said Stay, stay off of them. Let him shoot the uh, let him shoot the long jump shot, and force them left. And it's like it's not that hard, but I, you know, at least I would think it's not that hard. I'm not a professional right, NBA right, player, right. but you know, <laughs> yeah. At some but, point, yeah, at some point, I was like, are they trying to force yeah. him to Mitch? Is that what they're trying to do? Because I thought that was odd as well that they just kept going over the screens and forcing him to drive. So I, I was thinking so maybe that, is that what they were trying to I don't know. Yeah, I thought there were times. Oh, go ahead, Benji. Yeah, I thought there were times that that it was a bit overdone. Like, why are you guarding him at half court? But I, I, you know, it's hard to argue. The guy shot nine for twenty-seven right on the night, and uh, I thought Mitch was the main reason for that. And I think mm-hmm. there was a bit of a plan there to kind of filter him to Mitch, and 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 you didn't know what to do with Mitch most of the night, which is. Which is saying a lot because there aren't many rim protectors who can do anything for to John Moran, and Mitch definitely affected him. Um, so I I agree with you uh, that it was maybe overdone at times, and you do, they let him walk into the lane a bit much. But overall, Jaw wasn't like the Jaw's Jaw didn't kill us. I no, mean, he didn't. He, he got into the lane. He had nine assists. I mean, he was he was always always a force. Like you're not going to stop him. But I think overall they did a pretty good job with him. So I have trouble. Kind of really going at the game plan there. Well, I mean, so I, I, I definitely understand that. But the reason why that's actually not a great game plan is because you're collapsing the defense and then you're giving, giving up the offensive rebounds. And so that's where it kind of ended up biting us. Uh, because That's very fair. Yeah, that's very fair. And so, it's, uh, so we're not in position to actually get the, to close out the position and get possession and get the rebound. And so, I mean, that was the one thing. But you know, overall, I kind of felt a little weird by the um, by the rotation. But then again, it's like, I mean, what is the coach going to do? I, honestly, I don't think there's a ton of answers, especially when you have, you know, your two your two top dogs shooting like in the thirties, like you know, below forty percent and below forty percent each game. So it, it it just gets really difficult. RJ, I kind of felt like he was turning a corner, but I think now he's had like three straight games where he shot forty percent and below. Um, you know, so, but I do like, he, you know, he has improved. I do like the fact that he still stays aggressive in terms of keep the fact that he's getting to the free throw line, which is really good. 8 of 11 That's for tonight. Good. That's key right there. 8 of 11 for tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
But the three main predictors of like what allows you to win basketball over the course of the season is your how how efficient are you on the offensive end. So that's your field goal percentage. And our top dogs are you know are very, has been very inefficient. They're shooting forty percent uh, for the year. Uh, the other piece is uh, you know basically how how well do you defend? And so in that you know I mean we haven't done a great job defending. I mean we kind of struggled a little bit. But there is some good hope as far as uh, with us defending. Like I, I feel like a lot of our core players, especially the young ones, are are really good defenders. And then of course the rebounding piece, you got to be able to close out uh, possessions. And like if we lose that rebound battle and we can't like you know if we give extra chance to people, those are the three things that you know that yeah that like, allows you to lose ball games. Yeah, um, yeah. Mitch Robinson too. Sorry to Mitchell, cut you off. Mitch Robinson has seven offensive rebounds tonight, four defensive. Which is, which is, which is crazy. But you know, like we say, you know, Stephen Adams gobbles rebounds, is one of the top offense rebounders in the in the league. So you can see how that can happen. <laughs> yeah, and that's because a lot of times he struggles. Sometimes because a lot of times he's always like trying to help, and you know, he's helping cover a lot, and so he's always out of position because like people are always breaking our defense down. Um, the one thing that's really interesting, though, I was like going back, I looked at, I was looking at trying to figure out, you know, who's the most effective, you know, like uh, defensive players we have. And like, you kind of try to look at the numbers. And like, I noticed on NBA.com, they have this, um, I guess, this defensive stats where they kind of like look at the people that take shots on you and like, you know, how well you defend, you know, against the, you know, shooters or whatever, whoever, whoever you're guarding. And like a lot of our young core, like the one thing you notice right off the bat, RJ and Mitch actually they basically contest the most shots on on our team. RJ by or RJ by far, which is pretty crazy. So now I'm starting to think maybe that's why he's so he's missing a ton of free throws because he's probably gassed as hell at the free throw line a lot. Um, and so like the last five games, he by far he contested the most shots on the team. I think he contested 71. And the next person was uh, Julius at 45. Mitch was at 40, but Mitch was at 40 because he missed, uh, I think he missed the Cavs game. And right. the, the crazy thing about RJ, you want the person you're guarding. Obviously, the average uh, shooting percentage at NBI, what is it, like 44, 45%? I mean, like, he's actually doing a really good job. He's a very effective defender. He basically, the last, like, five games, it's like he's holding, like, shooters down to, like, 40, 40.8% which is really good. Mitch, he's holding people down to 42%. Okay, stats, man. Okay, stats, man. Yeah. Obi's at at 29%. Uh, Grimes, you know, I mean, he stays with people. He, you know, he does a good job staying with people, but I think affecting people shot, he's still struggling. He's not bad. He's at 45%. Okay. Which is like, you know, that's the lead shooting average. Quickly's at 31%. I mean, but he's not contesting the bulk of the shots. Um, Randall is at 42% the last five games, but that's because the Kings game, the Kings are just, they suck. And so, <laughs> so they went, offensive players went one to eight against them, against the Kings. You take that away. I think it was, he's like at 49% if you take away the Kings game. And so he's been like pretty like He's been up and down on the defensive end. And then, and then everyone else is, hasn't been that great. You know, uh, like, of course, like Kemba Walker, Right, right, right. He's actually right. like at forty-eight percent, mm-hmm. and Evan is at like fifty-seven percent. Okay, uh, okay, I'm stats. Just trying to say the. Uh, <laughs> now I'm just trying to say the young core. I mean, like they do, you know, they do have like some good defenders on the team. I just think the 
the rotations and like they just need to they just need to blow up the starting lineup and just and just recast like that whole starting lineup. That's what they need to do in my opinion. Got you. Got uh, you. But, got you, know, you. Thank you. Thank you guys for taking my call, man. All right. Appreciate Thanks, it. Appreciate it. All right, man. Thanks. Right. Yo, he came in with the stats. He's trying to take your stats and facts job, Ryan. He came with the whole spreadsheet. <laughs> He's like, this is guy. He shot 45% on the defense. Yeah. This is like he was on it. All right. Put you on the yeah, KLT, he was. He KLT was. payroll. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Reaper with the stats and the facts. I appreciate you for sure. Definitely appreciate you. But yeah, um, RJ, you still gotta work on those backdoor cuts, dog. You get you get I don't, I don't think I saw it today. But he 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 gets beat back door more than anybody I've seen on this team so far. <laughs> but that's besides the point. Um, Julius Randle, Julius Randle. I'm really curious to see what you what you think about Julius Randle today, Benji, because Julius Randle for the two games for the last two games has actually been he the shooting isn't there, right? Like he's not hitting the shots, mm. but everything else. Look at the standard, man. Look at the standard we're we rating right now. <laughs> it's like Yeah. It's, no, it's bad. It's, it's, it's bad. When I can say when I can say I'm happy because he's doing the the base that I want him to do is it's, it's kind of it sounds weird coming out of my mouth, but that's that's where we're at right now. I'm happy that he's playing defense and his body language didn't suck and he made competent plays. The most of the game. What did you think about Randall's game today? And I don't know. Is it too little, too late in your mind on on like if he can be with if he can turn it around for this team? Well, better not be too little, too late because you got uh, four more years of him after this. Um, I, yeah, I, he can't shoot. He can't. He made one jumper tonight. He made one three. He didn't yeah. make one other three. He didn't make one other mid range jumper. We're talking about a guy that consistently made seven, eight jumpers a night last year. Crazy. I mean, this kind of regression, it's really it's hard to even it's hard to even fathom how bad his jumper has dropped off. Um and that's gotta be like the first story. But uh and I will say and I agree with you hundred percent, the last three games, the overall game, the rebounding, attacking the rim, offensive rebounding, movement, passing, defense body language like the whole package has been better and you need this guy at least to have any success facts <laughs> um, if you have the bad shooting and the rest of the stuff goes away then you got a really negative player this guy isn't a really negative player he does a lot of good things for you that said if you can't shoot um there's a really really hard ceiling on what kind of success offensively this team can have just because his shooting opened up everything last year. It did. You already got Mitch in the lane who's clogging it up. You need him to shoot. You need him to make shots. If he can't make shots, it's going to be a big struggle throughout the year. And it is I, what it is. I, I was, man, I know Raw loves our young guys, and he wants to keep every young guy we have. But I'm sitting here looking. I'm like, hey, man. I, Miles Turner, I'm not saying give the, give the farm for Miles Turner, but I was still, I'm still looking at Mobamba like a pick for Mobamba. Who can you know? I might, man. I need. We need to get a. We need to either get a stretch five here or go small. That's that's pretty much how I see it. Just because, like you said, our ceiling right now with Julius Randle being the main guy, the main cog, it stops right here. It was apparent during the Hawks season, the Hawks playoffs, and it's apparent to me now. Ryan, what do you what do you what do you think about uh, Julius Randle's game today? Oh. And 
Julius Randle moving forward. Like, is it too little, too late? I know Ben's, Benji says he's going to be here for a few more years. Well, they could move him. They could move him. They, right. could, they could move They could they move, move him. They could move him. Well, I'll say this. I'm one of the people who believe that Julius Randle will at least be here for the rest of this season. I don't think the Knicks are going to be able to trade him before the February 10th deadline. But overall, you know, Julius Randle's game – yeah, you know, the fact that his shooting is struggling this season is hurting the Knicks on offense. But today's game, he did see more engaged than he has been in past games. He did see more engaged, especially on defense. Um, and he gave you 18, 12, and 9. You know, those numbers are nothing to, you know, be upset at. You know, he almost gave you a triple-double tonight, which is good. But, um, but yeah, the main thing is that Julius Randle needs to find – his shooting touch again, because that's what really opened up the Knicks offense, like Benji said. And you know, I'm not gonna be too I'm not gonna be too down on Julius Randle tonight because I I think he did play well tonight. You know, despite the fact he didn't shoot well. Mm-hmm. And you, what the hope is, is that you're hoping that as the season goes on, he'll be able to find his stride again. But you know, like I've always said, like if if Julius Randle does get traded, I wouldn't mind bringing in a point guard. So. If, if the Knicks could make that happen, I wouldn't be against it. But at the same time, you know, if Julius Randle can at least, you know, stay on this path where he's at least engaged, good body language, et cetera, I think he does have a chance to get back to where he was last season. Man, that'll be the reclamation story of all reclamation stories if he's able to turn it around after this, man. Well, he, did it, he did it He did it between years one and two, right? He everyone did. Wanted him out, everyone hated him. He did. Now he's back to being hated again. He did, man. But it's like I feel like this is his last time. I feel like if he turns <laughs> it around time. again, and then next season he he's back to his old like throwing tantrums, not helping people off the floor, and and shoulders slumping and all that. Like if he's back to that, Randall, I think I think I don't think it'll be. I don't know. Like I don't, I think I think I think it'll be over. Like mentally for. The fans, I mean. I don't know what the front office would feel, but I feel you No, know, I'm with you. You know, the crazy thing about watching that game, too, is there there aren't – I don't know if there's any other power forwards in the league that, that can push Randall around. Nobody. Like, he's usually the strongest man. Jaron Jackson Jr., that guy is a beast. That yeah. guy's a beast. And, like, he's playing the four. I mean, he, he when the bench comes in, he plays the five. But in the starting lineup, with him and Adams out there – that is a lot of size and strength to deal with. And Randall looks a little bit small at times uh, trying to fight those guys. So, that, you know, that's, that just goes to what Memphis can do. And they're just, they're just a really tough, tough team to, to handle. Super really tough team to handle, man. Kudos to, to, to Memphis. But, man, man, I, want, I, just, I, just need, I just need this Randall more often. I just need this, like, when's the last time you've seen Randall play a passing lane for a fast break. I don't think I've seen that yeah. one time this yeah, season. <laughs> I was like, wait, who's that running down? Who's that running down playing passing lanes for an easy dunk? He was closing out on threes harder than I've seen him do all. I was like, who is this kid? I don't recognize. I see 30 on the back, but I don't recognize <laughs> this kid who took over his body. That was, man, I need, I need this version. I, I definitely need this version. I need this version back. Um, 
But sh- yo, shout out to the chat. Shout out to the chat real quick. Shout out to everybody's rocking with the KOT show. If you're liking the show so far, he please hit the like button. He please hit the subscribe button. I meant to say in the beginning of the show. I need to get better at that. And <laughs> please hit the like button and the subscribe button. And um, you know, share it with the people if you're really loving the show. Shout out to Be Civilized, shout out to Fritz Alessandor, B Big Reaper, uh Big Reaper, uh Kevin Middleton, Canal Band Lawyer, repping old school, and everybody else who's rocking with the KOT show. And um, always like like I've been doing like I've been doing lately. Shout out to to Fubu TV people. If if you if you're a Knicks fan, you're tired of Comcast, you live in Connecticut, or you just want to cut the cord and cable, or you can sign up to Fubu TV. So you can click the link in the bio. There's a link in the bio. There's a link in the chat for Fubu TV. Um, Fubu doesn't have the blackouts, and you know if it's not on MSG, on the MSG channel on Fubu TV, you can go on TNT and and other channels and watch the game as well. But um, and there's no contract. That's the biggest thing right now for Fubu TV. There's no contract. So shout out to Fubu TV who are who are teaming in for an affiliate. All right. So shout out to them. All right. All right, man. Um, I think we talked about everything we want to talk about. If there's anybody else in the queue, they can come up. But um, I guess the last thing I want to talk about is um, it's trade. It's trade season, Benji. We've been talking trades all week. Mm. We've been taking trades all week. Um, what are your th- one, one. I'm sorry. Shout out to Yoko. Yoko Bidus is balling out there. I, I clicked that shit. One, one question. Hmm. First thing, do you feel like the Knicks need to make a move at the trade deadline? And if they do make a move, who do you feel like should be the target? Move right now to improve the team. The most you're talking about is getting into a play-in situation. So. That in and of itself, like this isn't a team that's going to make noise in the playoffs. Like we got to be realistic about where we are. Like, so you don't need to make a move just to fight your way into a better play in seat or make the play in seat. Like, no, you got to, you got to kind of have your head on straight. Um, Now, if they did make a move, um, I would love to see, I, I, I think, and it all depends on who you give up, obviously, and there are a lot of different permutations of any deal. But, like, I'm very high on De'Aaron Fox. Like, just out of the names that are kind of out there yeah. of, as available, I think that guy's a game changer. I think he needs out of Sacramento. Um, we're talking – like, this is a guy, like, two years ago who led a top 10 offense in the league just so- on his – his penetration, his speed, um, he's a real deal. Like, I, I know people are a little bit down on him, but I, I think that has to do a lot with the situation. So I, that's a guy that if you could get him in here and not give up everything, I right. think that's a worthwhile move. What that means and who you're giving up, that's a hard question to answer. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but that's the guy to me. Or if you want you know, I, I don't know Miles Turner's, my, I don't know his health situation. Like big guys with bad feet scare me, and I don't necessarily want to invest a lot in a guy. I don't know where he's going to be. Bill Jackson would say the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, when I take a gamble on Mo Bamba if it's a low cost and see how this team looks with a stretch five, absolutely. I don't need to watch Nerlens Noel play anymore. I, you know, that's fine. Oh, man, listen, I'm telling you. Shout out to my guy Roy. He makes a little. That's the one thing I'm like. He's like. What about Sims and Sims? I'm like, I'm so I'm sorry. I like Sims is a great player, but we need to stretch five, man. If you're gonna have Randall here, we need to stretch five. 
Especially if Randall's here. I'd love to see how it looks. Not for Randall and for RJ, too. If RJ didn't have to take on rim protectors every time he's driving, uh, it would be a different story. Completely so, yeah. different. Complain, complain, change the complexion of the team. So would you yep. trade? Would you trade? Would you be in the the camp of trading Randall for De'Aaron Fox? Is that is that oh, what yeah, you're thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah, just I'm just exactly. checking. I'm just checking the temperature. <laughs> if it's just... Randall in a heartbeat, if it's Randall in a heartbeat, and I, you know, if you want to throw in a pick with Randall, I, I don't know if the salaries work exactly. I think because Fox makes more, right? You got to throw something yeah. else in. Yeah, I think he's. Them. Yeah. Um. Whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, whatever. I feel, yeah. I feel yeah. you, man. Uh, Ryan knows I was a big De'Aaron Fox guy um, before he got into the league. We, we had our, our, our matchups, De'Aaron Fox versus Lonzo Ball back in the day. And, uh, huh. <laughs> and I was on. It's still was, an interesting question. It's still an interesting question. They're very different players. Yeah, it's still an interesting dress. Yeah. Like, you know, I was, and when De'Aaron was balling, I was like, see, see, I told you, De'Aaron over ball. Now ball is balling, but you know, even though. Yeah, Lonzo's happening. a winning ball player. Lonzo does a lot of little things that help you win. Exactly. But, you know, but I still feel like there could be a, De- a De'Aaron Fox resurgence, even though he can't shoot right now. He shot 37% from the three. I know y'all heard me say this many times on this on the program for people. For those not first time. He shot 37% one year. He could get that back and, and, and do better. And you got to value those guys under 24, uh, who can give you 25 points a game like that doesn't grow on trees if you can figure out nope if you can figure out if you can if you're under 24 years old and can average 25 points a game on your rookie contract i i, I feel like you're gonna figure it out i just i just, I just feel like you're gonna figure it out by the time you're 27 28 i feel like you're gonna figure a lot out that's just that's just me so i i don't know even with him not shooting he might struggle a year but then that's when you really go after Mobamba. You know what I'm saying? That's not... If you surround him, he doesn't have to be the best shooter in the world if you surround him with shooting either. Exactly. Like, and you got you got the infrastructure with Grimes and with Fournier if you don't give him up in the deal and with uh, Quickly and all these guys. Like you got enough shooting around him. Um, he's hard. To, he's a hard player to deal with. Yeah. So that's that. I'm with you. I'm with you 100. percent Absolutely. Absolutely, man. All right, we got some callers up, but before we get to the callers, shout out to D Nice. Gunshots in the air for D Nice in the final super chat says call room now to get rid of that Nick and get us Fox KOT show gunshots. So he must have known I was gonna hit the gunshots already. <laughs> All right, shout out to D Nice. Thank you for the super chat. Super chats are welcome. It helps the program keep the program going. All right. Um, first caller up. I think we got tell him my guy with the energy. That's the energy guy on the show, man. Testing. 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 Mm-hmm. Hey, how you doing tonight, Jay Ellis? Hey, how you doing tonight? Stats and facts, Ryan G. And hey, how you doing tonight, Benji? I hope everybody's doing good. I'm a little What's sick, up, but that ain't going to change the fact that I'm still about to go hard. You know oh, why? Yeah. I'm going to tell you why. Tell me. Tell us. Let's because go. I'm super duper frustrated. Mm. I'm super duper frustrated with the repetitive mistakes that I see from our head coach. Mm. Tonight and the last game against the Kings, I feel like we played good. Obviously, the Kings, they were bums. We ran through them. And then tonight, we lost against a good team. We got to a slow start. We played better in the second half. But I feel like we didn't get a lot of loose balls. Here's my thing, though. This is why I'm upset. Because I continue to see Cam Reddish get DMPs. Mm. And I don't know if I could wait till the the trade deadline to finally see if there's an adjustment. (laughs) Because I'm not going to lie to y'all. I know a lot of people would like to see a change come deadline. I 
don't think it's going to be a change. I think it's still going to be situational for Cam Reddish after the trade deadline. And, you know, we still have a locked-in rotation, and he's not a part of it. You know, <laughs> the, the typical Tibbs excuses. Yeah, I just watched Tibbs, um, not, not tonight's press conference. I think it was um, a pregame, right? He just slurped up Obi. He said great things about Obi. Oh, I love Obi. Great young kid. Um, you know, if he if he keeps working hard, he'll get rewarded with more minutes. Really? Because the the same thing I see, the same trend I see is six minutes in the second quarter, six minutes in the fourth quarter, twelve minutes for Julius in the first quarter, twelve minutes for Julius in the third quarter, and then he finishes the fourth quarter after Obi gets his five, six minutes in. That's all I see. I've seen games as recently as um not these two games, not the Kings game and the Grizzlies game. I've seen Obi spray threes, and we know he's not wet. And he still couldn't get more minutes. I've seen his, his ball handling increase. I've seen him now be able to create his own shot and drive, and we all know he's an elite finisher. He still can't get more minutes. I just watched the deuce get loose against, um, for the Westchester Knicks mm. last night. Yo. 39 points, Yo. 9 rebounds, Man. 10 assists. Man, my man, my man is averaging twenty nine <laughs> points a game. What? Whose man is this? What? Twenty nine points a game? They're gonna, they're gonna raise his banner in Westchester, man. Oh my right. <laughs> Westchester. Are y'all ready for McBride's reward, though? You ready for his reward? Are you ready? Even with Kemba Walker giving us a big fat bagel and playing the whole third quarter, playing the almost almost the whole third quarter as a reward for being a bum tonight, not not for Kemba because it's the coach's game. Even with Emmanuel quickly finally getting minutes, chunky minutes, and I'm happy about that. But he played poorly tonight. He, well, he shot poorly tonight. He shot poorly tonight. He just had that one moment in the third quarter where he got hot. He, he banged two threes, and then you know they called timeout to slow him up. Even with all that, are y'all ready for Deuce McBride's reward for cooking? For Westchester, DMP. DMP <laughs> <laughs> awards. It's these things yep. that make me lose hope, fellas. It really does. It makes me lose hope because I see John ja Morant and I'm like, man, I wish we had a guy that could guard up on him. Shout out to RJ because he did his thing tonight matching up on Morant. I'd be like, man, I wish we – oh, yeah, we do. We do. We do, but he's not in the game. This is the same coach that I saw last year. Never used the French freak Frank Nilakina ever. We get in the playoffs. Game one, he's still pumping nothing but Alfred, Alfred, Alfred. Want to know when he brought Frank in? The last play of the second quarter going into halftime to get cooked by Trey Young and the last play in the fourth quarter with the game winner to get cooked by Trey Young. Yeah. How does that put the players in position to succeed? You understand what I'm saying? So this is why I get frustrated. This is why I am definitely losing hope, and I just got to pray that the front office sees it and they make the necessary adjustments come trade deadline because the coach is not going to do it. I have zero faith in him. None. He's all about Julius and only Julius. Shout out to Evan Fournier. He's been holding it down. I like this Fournier that we're seeing. We ain't see this Fournier to start the season. Um, obviously, shout out to Mitchell Robinson. He earned his yeah. contract. It's mm -hmm. time to pay him. For sure. It's time to pay him. And I'm with y'all with adding a stretchy, whether it's a, a, um, a Mo Bamba or a Miles Turner. Turner might be expensive in a trade, but it's going to be worth it at this point if, if I keep seeing what I'm seeing. Nerlens Noel's knee is not good, and the Knicks organization been hiding that since before the season even started. His his knee has not been working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, fellas, that combined with Alec Burke still being inconsistent, I just have I've lost hope. Even tonight, I how did Gibson get two minutes and Sims couldn't play? It's just little things like that I see, and I'm like, yo, something's off, something's off. 
and I don't know what it is. Right, right, so, right. So my thing is, my thing is making a coach adjust, coaching adjustment, but even that might not be all. I'm fine, fellas. I'm fine losing with the young dudes as opposed to playing Julius and the vets and still losing. I feel better developing them. I feel like the future is brighter. I don't feel good right now, man. It looks uh, bad. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it here's, bad. Here's, the, here's the thing. Here's Let me hear. Thing. Here's the thing. Let me uh, hear. Oh, man. All right. Where's this guy's podcast? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> He's great, right? <laughs> here's the thing, yo. They hate the front office. The front office wants to save face. One, the front office wants to save face. Two, the coach wants to win. Three, mm-hmm. we sucking right now, but we're mm-hmm. still in the mix. So I feel yes, we are. I feel like the middle is almost might be the worst place to be almost because because we're in the mix. They're gonna they might just keep going for it and they're not gonna pick a direction fully. Like if, if we were really tanking, mm-hmm. if we really were that bad, I feel like the kids would be playing. But we're like still Probably. we're still in the chase. We're, still, we're like seven games away from first or something crazy yeah. like that. Something like the eight games. I'm looking now. It says nine games back. Oh, nine games. Nine games. Nine oh, okay. games. We're nine games from first. So, but we're in, we're in a 12 spot, which is not bad. That's one right. game away from 10, which is Atlanta. Right. And you, and you know what, too? I don't feel super crazy about Cam not getting minutes. I feel more crazy about it after the trade deadline. Um, mm-hmm. But before the trade deadline, is how many games is that? How many games is left before like um so? like 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 yeah like four or five games I gotta check to make sure yeah Three. I'm, I'm not sw- I'm not I know everybody else wants to burn the place down because Cam hasn't played yet I'm I'm not on that route until after the trade deadline after the trade deadline he's not getting minutes then which I can honestly I can see that happening too I can see that happening too but that's where I am Jay Ellis I feel like. He still might not play. Here's the thing. I, like I said this before, too. I feel like the more we lose, the more, the more likely it is that we move pieces. So I feel mm-hmm. like if we start to if we start to rail off more losses, if we start to lose like five in a row. Well, you got you got Lakers, Nuggets, Lakers, and Jazz. Three yeah. games before the trade deadline. You go zero and three in those games, which is very possible. Yeah. I think that does probably impact the way that the the, the way they go here. Uh, you probably try to sell off the parts you can, Burks, Noel, whoever you can, try to get stuff back and then play the kids the rest of the year, which I totally think is a fair – that's a fair that, – that makes a lot of sense as right. a franchise direction. It's not crazy. I don't think it's crazy to try to win every game either because, I, you know, this team has been crap for my entire lifetime. So, I, you know, <laughs> I, it's not the craziest thing to watch a decently competitive basketball team. But I totally get the direction. I totally understand the perspective where it's like – this team's not going anywhere. They're not winning a lot of games anyway. Yeah. Um, and I do think the next three games will will probably we'll see. You know, they should win. I think they they should win the Laker game. We'll see if they play the way they play tonight. I think they win that game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we'll see. And then they never they, Denver Jokic kills them every time. I don't think they're going to win that no game. There's no way we beat Denver. Utah's been in the tank, so we'll see <laughs> if, uh, if they can handle Utah. But um, I look, I'm with you. It's it's a hard spot. They're in a tough spot right now because they got the youth movement that people want to see. And it probably makes sense to go that direction. But at the same time, like, uh, like John was saying, front office wants to keep this thing um, competitive. They want to, they want to put out a good product every night. And Knicks fans haven't gotten to see that a lot. So I, I get, I get it both ways. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. 
Hey, yo, man, thanks, Stella, man. I always love when you call in, man. I always love when you call in. Yo, y'all three keep cooking, man. Y'all three keep cooking. All I'm going to say is 17 minutes, zero points, Kevin Walker. I don't see how that's keeping things competitive. But oh, we're going to see how. Oh, we all on board for that. Yeah, we are, for real. We all on board we for We're going to see what happens. Y'all take care, man. Let's go Knicks. All right, man. Let's let's go Knicks. Got to give the gunshots for my, for my guy, tell him. Um, yeah, I mean, McBride is, is definitely in the G League. Doing people dirty. Damn near triple-double. I think he had like seven threes, 29 points. Ridiculous. Averaging 29. How do you average 29 points? He's averaging. Is he average, I saw something. He's averaging 29 a game. That's crazy. Yeah. That's that's ridiculous. He's all-famer. That's, that's crazy. Like, he, he man, this this is one of those guys, man. He had what? He had a bad game on the Raptors after looking like a completely different person versus, versus Houston. I'm like, all right, I'm hoping – that he gets that shot back. I mean, listen, guys, I know people are tight that McBride isn't playing right now. But, you know, teams like Toronto, they, they, develop, they develop guys in the G League. They bring them back up. And all, and now you got you know, Pascal Siakam on, on the team or something crazy like that. So I like that he's getting his reps in in the G League. We didn't really use him, use the G League correctly last season. And I feel like if he comes back to the Knicks and starts getting minutes, I feel like he's going to be in a much better rhythm, personally. And – you, you know, it's crazy. Sorry to cut you off, Jay, because I went to NBA.com because I'm really curious about his G League stats. This is how, this is what they have a G League stats at at the moment. So he's playing 40.2 minutes a game, 31.7 points per game, shooting 47% from the field, 53.6% from three, seven rebounds a game, 11 assists per game, 2.3 steals a game, what? one block a game. That is insane. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. That's yeah, at this, at, at this point, it's gonna be a G League legend if he keeps this up. You like? He's like. Back, I couldn't go back to middle school and average those numbers right now. What is that? For real. That's like that's that's like when you're too good for G League. It seems like all right, this is JV for you. Come back up, get some exactly. minutes over here, and let's see what translates. Because man, that's crazy. But um, it's crazy. We got some young guards between him and Yoko Vitas because, you know, the front office has just visited Yoko Vitas overseas. And he's over there. He's a rising star in Europe. I mean, the Knicks, I know the point guard position looks crazy now, but I don't know. Between, you know, crazy trade rumors and McBride and Yoko Vitas, we might at least have like a, a, a decent chance of having a pretty good point guard here. At least, bare minimum, next season. You seen one of those guys, all right? But shout out to SK. He sends a five out super chat, so gunshots to SK. He says happy with the effort, but Bane punked IQ and the Grizz got in the heads down the stretch, and so we made mistakes. RJ wasn't perfect, but he kept my hope. Yeah, Bane. Yeah, Bane. Yo, Bane was a problem. Man. I don't know. He went like one for twelve, and all of a sudden he became Steph Curry in the fourth quarter. All of a sudden, and uh, he. And man, this is just one of those nights, man. It's just this is one of those nights. I don't know. Next, next caller, we got Russell Roland Russell from the Bronx. Roland Russell, you got it, my brothers. How you guys doing? Great show, man. Um, I got a couple of frustration fr frustrating points I have to make. First of all, this is a major black eye for the front office, and I'm gonna tell you why in many many ways. Last year when we had Alfred Payton and Bullock, you know, of course they weren't the flashing guards that we needed. But they added something that we needed, and that's defense. Defense wins games. And I think they underestimated the value that they brought 
And when they didn't sign these guys, remember, Peyton was only making $5 million. Uh, Bullock was only making like 3 to $4 million at the time. Very, very easy. We could have gave them some extra cash to keep them. But now that they're gone and we got Fortney and Kemba, now you see the loopholes. That defense was the main straight for the Knicks last year. Now we don't have that. I don't care how many three-pointers and shoot scores we make. If you can't play defense, you can't win games. And they underestimated that. So now we don't have any defensive guards. So now we have these great rookies. We got Grimes and McBride. Okay, and Sims. Now, Tim's supposed to be a, 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 a kind of guy that can develop talent. You can't develop talent unless they get game ball experience. You got to get him out there. McBride goes to the G League. You see he has the skill set. He has the reputation of being a defensive guard. Okay, this guy's been playing ball since they're seven years old. There's only 400 to 300 people in the NBA out of a million. So these guys know how to play the game. Get them in there, let them get some game time experience, and let them develop a rhythm. Once they develop a rhythm, they'll slow down on the mistakes. If they have the peripheral together, they won't make stupid steals because they'll catch it to the speed of the game, and then you can see their contribution based on their skill set. But if these guys can't get no run, you can't see them. So where is the player development coming from? So now Grimes, who actually fought his way through practice, fought his way to get in the rotation, Say, hey, let me go do my thing. I'm going to catch and shoot. And he's paying dividends and he's playing, playing good defense because he's getting an opportunity to shine. You can't say, oh, these guys are too young. They can't play the game. when They've been play, they playing ball since they were kids in college. Give them a chance to shine, but give them real minutes. No, no spot minutes, two minutes off the bench, three minutes. They can't develop a reputation and a rotation and a rhythm of the game by doing that. And that's on tips. Now, the front office is looking, man. We paid all this money for Yay. And, you know, I'm not going to knock on Fournier. He's the kind of player that needs a point guard that can kick out. And, you know, he's a spot-up shooter. We know what we're getting with him. So he's doing what he has to do, but he has no point guard. Derrick Rose is on the bench, so there's no one to facilitate. And Kimball Walker, oh, my God, his knees are deteriorating right in front of us. It's a hard thing to see, but he's a player that we're actually seeing decline and his best years are behind him. And as much as we love him in New York, you can see he doesn't have it anymore. So what you do, you bring in McBride. This was a perfect game for McBride to get here just to get some experience and just to get a flow, and you might be surprised what he can do. Now we got rid of Kevin Knox. We bring in Cam Reddish. Cam was the number two player in, 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 the, in, in, um, in the United States before he got to Duke playing with RJ and Zion. This guy can play. He's been in the league three years, was in the playoffs last year, scored 13 points. The guy can play. They're acting like he's some rookie that came out of high school. They're not giving him any quality minutes just to show you what he can do. These last games that we played, he could have got in there for at least five minutes, maybe six, let him develop a rhythm so you can see his contribution and what he can add to this team. But if Timberland don't give these players any run, especially Sims with his athleticism, oh, my God, how can you have a guy like that just sitting not even getting an opportunity? If Obi Toppin was with another ball team, he would be starting. Now, with Obi Toppin, again, he doesn't have a point guard to facilitate. And the way this offense is set up, the way Tibbs is, is running this whole show, he's letting the veterans lead, and the veterans are deteriorating. Yeah. This is a young lead. This is a young league. Memphis is one of the youngest teams in the league, and they were blowing us out just on energy. We could have won this game tonight. But we didn't have a competent point guard, and I'm sorry, quickly, you're not a point guard, jacking up shots like that and running down court. We should be slowing the game down. 
instead of fumbling trying to shoot three when the, te- the rest of the team is not is not there, that's not being smart. That's not developing. So there's some fundamental things that this team does not have. I, I blame it on the coach. But for the coach not trying to slowly implement these guys into the game to develop a rhythm where the rest of the league is doing just that, and these guys are just sitting there night out and just watching them not getting no run and watching these veterans just, just take over but lose, this is not a good look for the front office. This is not a good look for Tim's. I'm just saying that the change has to come in the mindset of the coach. Get these kids in there. Stop coming to the mindset these kids can't play if they're too young. Cam, oh, I mean, no, McBride is down in the G League. He, he, he looked like I, I got, I got down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. I hear you, man. Think about it. If he, if we, if he's doing thirty points, give us fifteen of that up here, and and just give us some defense. Just let us slow. Just let us give us a play that can slow down the pace just a little. But you gotta get the players in there. I don't care if Randall's making a hundred million. That's your fault. You should have paid them. Make it, <laughs> and they didn't even have to pay him. That's not being realistic. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I hear you. I hear you. But y'all not being realistic, man. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way the front office is gonna sit Randall down who makes <laughs> makes a hundred million. Uh, sit Kemba down who we just got who's supposed to be New York Savior. Say Evan Fournier now to play Cam Reddish and McBride thirty minutes a game. Like there's no way that's no, gonna no, no. I get you what you're saying. No, <laughs> I, I agree with you. What I'm saying is don't take away the philosophy of basketball. If someone is struggling. Let him get on the bench. Let him reset. Bring some of the rookies in there. Let him get a little feel. Of I agree with game. that. I agree and, with that. <laughs> that's, that's, so just don't change the concept of the game. To the top, but because he's making $100 million, he's supposed to be out there and he's not showing no leadership. He's fighting with other teammates. He's not being a good leader. He's causing those technical fouls. Yo, slow down, son. You got this money <laughs> acting like you, you the man? No, you can sit down, too. And let these other people show you how to play the game. Remember, it's a team game, not an individual game. That's all I wanted to say. I, got I hope there's a change coming. You guys are the most competent analysts on basketball. I love listening to you guys. I just want to say my point, man. I, and I thanks for the opportunity, man. I appreciate you. All right, man. I, thank I, you. Thank I, you. I, I, just like, I just like the passion, man. I just, like the, <laughs> just like the passion. Do you have anything to add to that? Because he, he said a lot. <laughs> No. What could you possibly add? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you pretty much said it all right there. You said it all. Everybody wants to see the kids play. Everybody just wants to see the kids play. Yeah, I will say one thing. I will say that uh, Tibbs went out of his way in a press conference, I think, after last game. He was talking about Grimes, and then randomly he's just like, and Deuce is the same way. Yep, Deuce is like I peeped that too. And he doesn't do that out of, like, nothing. Like, he likes that kid. And <laughs> ultimately – I don't think it's that realistic to have, you know, I, I look, they got to move Kemba and then maybe he'll get some minutes in the second half of the year. I think it's hard to judge to play the kids thing until after the deadline. I think we just got to be a little patient. They got a lot of different cooks in the kitchen right now. They got a lot of guys that they got to play for locker room reasons, for financial, like you can't just like, you can't just bench some of these guys. So I think you got to keep their value up. Like there's a lot of different stuff going on. I think you got to wait until the trade deadline. And then if they're still losing and there's still the same frustrations, like I totally can get with it. I just right. think you got a little bit of pay. We're almost there. We got three games, yeah. see how it goes, see what the front office does. And then if, if they're still playing freaking Kemba Walker instead of Cam Reddish, yeah, yeah, we got, we got something to talk about. I, I, I'm, I'm on board with what you just said, yeah. Benji. Like, you want to say something? You want to add something, Ryan? No, Benji pretty much said all right there. It's all facts. Yeah. Uh, like I know, right? Everybody's like, we just got him playing forty minutes. Just wait, just ease up. Yeah, <laughs> just, just chill out. We got, we got a, 
another half season and a half to play Cam Reddish. You just let the front office work and make some moves and buy people out and trade a piece or two. And if things, you know, look crazy after the trade deadline, then you know, then get your pitchforks. All right, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, and, and and plus, it's been it's been reported on ESPN today that that Knicks is going to be one of the names you're going to hear during the um trade deadline talk. They said Knicks are going to be very active, so. It seems like from reports, Knicks are gonna Knicks are looking to make a move. Exactly. Yeah, and, and the only thing I will say too is this: so he was like, he thinks we could have won that game. Um, I love your confidence. I I did not see any way. I didn't see any way we was. I didn't. I, I felt like we had. If we hit shots, we had a chance. If we didn't make those mistakes in the first quarter, we had a chance. But this team is like the, the best steals team in the NBA. Uh, top four offense in the NBA. Uh, this team is good. I, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm honored to, to not lose and be embarrassed, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it goes to the fact, like, look, in the end, this isn't the the Knicks teams of years past. Like, this is a competitive basketball team at the very least, right? And I, I know that we want to see the young guys, and but you, you just threw Deuce and Cam and RJ and OB and Mitch out there every night for 35 minutes a game. You're not. You're gonna have some uncompetitive basketball games. That's a fact. You just are. Like you got to be honest about it and realistic about it. Like, I, and again, I can get with that strategy. It's not that I. I don't understand it. I can get with it, but I do. I, you know, I just want people to appreciate that it's a competitive product that we haven't had a lot of in the last twenty years. You know, and like yeah. I know it's not a great basketball team. I know it's a very flawed basketball team. But, like, it's a basketball team that competes on the floor on a pretty much a night-to-night basis. Tonight was a competitive basketball game. They played a pretty decent game against a really good team. Like, I still appreciate that, you know. And I, I'm not, like, that excited about watching crap basketball again. Yeah. If we avoid it for at least some time here. That's all. I, you know? I, I agree. Yeah. I agree fully agree with that. I agree with you. I agree with you, man. We got spoiled a little bit last year. That's, that's what happened. We got spoiled a little bit because uh, we didn't expect it. So now the expectations are here. And it's it's a different energy this year. All right, last call of the night, Fritz, the the man behind the glass, the best modern in in Nick Sports. Fritz wants to talk and give his comments on Tibbs. What's going hey, on? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I, did you did you happen to catch that uh, interview on? Um, it, it was one of the other um, one of the other Nick uh, YouTube channels, and he he was he. Kind of going in on Tibbs, like um, talking about Tibbs' process, man. Tibbs Who, is, whose interview? Tibbs is the um. Oh, Berman. Uh, oh, Berman interview. Yeah, it's a Berman interview. Okay, he was on Knicks a couple days ago. Yeah. Okay, last on Knicks, and he also did another. Okay. And um, mm-hmm. he's saying Tibbs is the only coach that doesn't defer to his assistant, so they don't they don't do the offense, they don't do the defense. They work just practice. Uh, and, oh. All right, but and he's like, anything Berman says, you got to take with, like, six grains of salt because he's just trying to stir the pot. That's all <laughs> he's trying to do. I, I, after that, I heard that because everybody was like, yo, why, why does the offense look like this? Don't he see this? And then he was like, basically, like, he don't talk to his assistants during the game. Like, basically – you know, the assistants are from practice only, and it's his game plan. I'm like, they they got to bring somebody in if that's the case. I, I just, I don't know. I, I just, 
he just doesn't have any rings. So I'm like, does he have that kind of power and he don't have rings like that? There, there are certain coaches like oh, Phil Jackson comes in, he can do whatever he wants. But he's not one of those coaches. He still okay. Let's, okay, I'm not gonna let's not pretend like he didn't have like the the 11 best winning winning <laughs> winning like winning uh winning numbers in the NBA. He like he was like top 11 coach. Like yeah, he's talking to him like he just he just found him out for JV team last week. <laughs> like I know I know we're pissed at him, but the truth is somewhere in the middle. All right, he's not the worst coach in the league either. And he, he hasn't won a chip, but he's he's you know mm-hmm. he's turned he's turned franchises he does, around. He does one thing great. Please defense. I mean, he does one thing great. He coaches great, defense. Great defensive coach. But if you know you're good at defense, you should bring in someone to do the offense. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, just, just, right. I, just, I just don't understand it. I, I don't see how the Knicks put up with it. Like, I, I, don't, I just don't see how they that, – that's what gets me. It's just like, okay, he has a deficiency, so why don't you – you know, support that deficiency with something else, gotcha. and it just goes. It looks like it's Otis, and that 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 would just bother me. It's like we're not trying. Well, let, let, let me push back a little bit. I'll push back a little bit. He had a top five offense in Minnesota when he went there. Facts. When people, don't know about, people don't know about that. People overlook that. Led offenses like he had good offenses in Chicago, not like elite offenses, but he had good offenses in Chicago. He took a team last year that was supposed to be in the lottery and turned them into at least a, almost a league average offense when they did not have league average offense talent, to be honest. Um, I'm not saying he's some brilliant offensive mind, but I don't think it's a, like a glaring deficiency either. I think in the end, you look at this team's offense and you say Julius Randle hasn't made any shots. He hasn't made any shots. Like, your best player hasn't made it out, outside shots all year long, and that's what carried you, right? Like, I... I, I, I get some of the tips frustration, but you also have to be a little bit like you have to have a little bit of perspective here as to what's gone on this season. And, mm-hmm. and I, like, yeah. I, I'm not saying he's perfect. First... He's stubborn. He's stubborn. Yes. He, he's, his rotations are very rigid. Yes. They're, I have issues with that too. Mm-hmm. But like, ultimately, ultimately, like, is this, is the reason that, that this season has gone badly because Tibbs doesn't have like an offensive coordinator I I can't get with that. I can't get with that. I, I, I'm more on board. I'm yeah. more on board with. I'm more on board with. He did not hold Julius Randle accountable like he should have this season. To me, that's his that's biggest. Yeah. I, that's my biggest gripe with him this season. But I'm not gonna yeah. say he's. I'm not gonna. Yeah, he can't be the coach of the year last year. Everybody, everybody was going to bat for Tibbs last year and going to war with Phoenix when they was talking trash about Tibbs winning coach of the year. And this year he's the worst coach ever. Like, come on, like guys, <laughs> like, can we just can oh, we can we not that, be that that's, guy? That's not my opinion. All right. Uh, no, no, I thought he did an okay job last year, but the first like 35 games of the season, that ball was not moving. That ball was not moving at all. And it was glaring. Is he not seeing this? I just don't, like, the book's not moving at all. Like, it was one-on-one. Nobody was cutting. Nobody, it was, it was glaring. I get it. I get it. I just, I just, I'm just like, no one's going to ever be happy with the coach. Yeah, I, I I think, I think it's just confusing because, like, you know, the Knicks last year, the Knicks definitely moved the ball around. You know, the Knicks definitely didn't have stagnant offense. I just think... We had shots last year. I, I, yeah. I don't even too, think it's that. I, I think we had shots last year. 
Yeah, but this season, I think new pieces, you know, I think I think they didn't know how to properly incorporate Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. And then, you know, they played a bunch of iso ball as a result. Offense didn't, you know, it didn't take off. So I think I think part of the reason is new pieces and Dibs trying to maybe figure out how to use those new pieces. And that's why the offense sucked towards the beginning of the season. But yeah, I don't think, I don't, I don't really think, you know, Sibs is that terrible of an offensive coach. It's just, you know, like, like everybody's been saying, Nick's been missing shots this season. And when you don't make shots, that makes, that makes offense very difficult. So. Yeah. Randall, yeah. Randall was the yeah. best mid range shooter in the yeah, league last year. And that series not. Yeah. And, and and it's not forgot forget about the threes mm-hmm. too, but so sorry. Go ahead, Benji. I'm sorry. I wasn't I wasn't saying anything, but I will say that I think um, you know Randall I think led the league in isolations per game last year. Like I, I, it wasn't like you were watching you know the Utah Jazz offense where the ball's swinging around. Like Randall dribbled the ball a lot last year. That's true. Made like, a lot of step back jumpers last year, and he just made a lot of them. I don't think the offense has been that much more stagnant this year. I think there's a lot, there's some limitations with what you can do with when you have centers like Mitch and Noel who are in the middle all the time and they don't really have any versatility. I think the, you look at the point guard play they've gotten. I mean, you're talking about Kemba, a shell of Kemba Walker quickly figuring it out. And Rose has been hurt. Like, who, like what's he supposed to do with that kind of point guard play? Like, you know, I'm not trying to make excuses because I, I have my gripes too, but I don't. Yeah. I don't think there's a ton that he could have done with the way the team has played this year offensively. Like it just kind of the, the the performances and the injuries. It's just been hard. It's just been hard. I, yeah. And I have trouble pinning it on him. Yeah, I agree. Like he's not perfect. I'm not saying he's perfect because I definitely disagree with some stuff. But I'm not trashing him. He's mm-hmm. he's, he's still a decent. He's still a pretty he's a decent coach, even though I have my problems. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, thank you guys for listening. Um, no, I appreciate I, it. I'm not, I'm not looking forward to being five under five hundred, um, but it's going to happen in the next few games. But um, <laughs> we I'm get the Lakers. Lakers. We can get Lakers. Oh, hopefully, ah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Thanks for it, man. All right. All right, man. Good show, guys. Uh. Trying to wrap it up. Thank, thank. Can we? Can gunshots to my computer? Because I didn't think it was. I didn't think my computer was gonna make it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I was setting up today before I came on. My computer was freezing, and I was just, I was just, I was just praying. I was praying to the computer guys, like unfreeze, unfreeze, and it started working right before showtime. It started working smoothly. So thank you, thank you, computer. All right, cool. All right, that is our show. If you like, I said before, if you haven't liked and subscribed, please like, subscribe, and share uh, this channel. And next game, we will be here talking Knicks. Next game, next game is what the Lakers. Yep, Lakers on Saturday. Lakers on Saturday. Sure. What time is that? Eight thirty. Eight thirty. I guess we could do a post game at eight thirty Saturday. I'll put a poll up. Do you guys want to do the post game on that Saturday night, like right after the game, or do you want to do it? On Sunday afternoon, I'm gonna put a poll up for YouTube to see when y'all want to do it. All right, but that is our show. Let, let, let's go. All right, Benji, let them know where they can find you, Benji. Yes, sir. Thanks, John. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ben Ritholtz NBA. You can see my name right there. It's hard to spell, but if you want to type it out right now, so you'll remember, it's right in front of you. Um, 
And um, you can find me. I write articles for the Strickland. I put out some stuff for Nick's film school as well. Mm-hmm. So I am, um, I'm around. I'm posting stuff all the time. So, and I appreciate, uh, appreciate all the followers I can get. You guys are awesome. Thanks for having me on. Definitely, definitely a good follow. Definitely, definitely should follow him for sure. One of the next follows you should definitely follow. All right. All right. No problem. No problem. All right, Ryan. Let him know where they can find you, sir. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is Chillin'. Sir G is Chillin'. That's S I R G is C H I L L I N. You can also find me on my new IG page where um I put out videos talking about, you know, what's going on in the world of sports for that day. It's gonna mainly be Nick's content, but like I posted a video earlier today and it was mainly and it was mainly about Brian Flores and the whole NFL situation, the Rooney rule. So go check that out at Sir G's Corner. That's mm. S I R G. S-C-O-R-N-E-R. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G-K-O-T. All right. Hey, you already know what the deal is, man. You can, you can find us on all social media, man. You can find us on the K-O-T show on Twitter, uh, the Nick of Time show on Instagram and Facebook. And also, you can find our blogs at the Nick of Time show.com. Um, There's going to be a new article from Mikey that's going to be paid up uh, tomorrow morning, so definitely look out for that. Highlighting our guys make a ride, all right? So definitely check out the blog tomorrow morning to get that. And, yeah, if you want to do a KOT snapback, you get that, too, at nicktimeshow.com slash catalog, all right? All right. That is our show. And um, as always, you already know what it is. It's a mess out here, all right? That is our show. We out of here. Dreams. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. In, 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 in